0: what's up you guys? Does capitalism get you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive
1: get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine?
0: Then we invite you to be part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things.
1: Welcome to episode 74 of the very unimportant people podcast. Do less. My name is Lydia and this week I got stitches for the first time in my life, 23 years old. Because she's a snitch. Ooh. Because snitches get. I finally paid my price for being a snitch (laughs) (laughs) all these years later.
0: (laughs) And my name's Courtney, and this week I'm in Ontario.
1: Ontario, where good things grow. In
0: Ontario.
1: (laughs) Yay. How's Ontario been so far?
0: It's been fine. Yeah. It's been fine. Yeah. I. Yeah. Accurate. I like the people in Ontario. I have no desire to come back outside of the people. (laughs) So (laughs) it's been fun. It's been nice, like, seeing family and friends and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, We went to the Scandinave or Scandive. I'd never know how to pronounce it. Spa, which is in (gasps) Blue Mountain. And you know what? I had to call them a couple times to, like, change around my reservation because my flight was, like, a little messed up. Mm -hmm. And even the person on, like, the recorded message didn't know how to say it. She said it differently like three different times. She Isn't was, like, it just Scandinavian? Scandinavian- <laughs> I thought it was <laughs> a Scandinavian spa or It's not. It's oh. not. It's like Scandinave, but then everyone calls it the Scandive Spa. So I just, oh. I don't know how to say it. But it's that spa <laughs> in Blue Mountain. There's one in Whistler too. Um, so we went there. That was that's a lot of fun. Some relaxing. Saw some friends. Aww, Stared at the nice. concrete blocks of Ontario. Um, what? <laughs> the concrete blocks of Ontario. Oh, you
1: just mean like the buildings, like how- the urban spaces. Yeah. Oh yes, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little, a little yeah. trapped in, but that's okay. Yeah,
1: those that's are the good. only things to see. Unfortunately, we don't have any wide mm-hmm. open spaces. It's really just concrete wide blocks, open and space. then wide open yeah. spaces surrounded by concrete blocks. So
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, when we were driving like through Caledon, that's how I got to the story. When we were driving through Caledon to get to the Scand- Scandinavian spa, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was actually pretty. Yeah. There was like farmland and stuff like that. So like there were some wide open. Faces. that was nice yeah yeah um but yeah it's been good but yay happy to go home soon too oh and have Lydia come with me yeah we're gonna yeah. go the same flight guys I'm so fucking excited same. well
1: I mean it's gonna be the airplane but it's better than sitting next to a stranger
0: yeah I get a friend on the airplane so yeah excited.
1: exactly it's gonna be great
0: anyways tell us about your oh. okay your story guys. your stitches okay
1: so I got stitches right I got two stitches in my thumb I have this long ass cut like going all o- through my thumb, like, all the way on the first knuckle. So I would say it's, like, maybe, like, two inches long at the time Very of yeah. of inception, I guess is what you call it. <laughs> and so what Conception. had happened was yeah. I... Um, I was polishing a wine glass, right? And I was holding the stem in one hand and then I was holding like the polishing, um, what's it fucking called? Polishing material and the chalice of the wine glass in the other. And I was mm-hmm. twisting it because we're not allowed to touch the chalice with our hands because like our hands are dirty and then the glasses are going to be dirty. So I was mm-hmm. just like twisting the wine glass and I guess something happened with the tension or maybe the wine glass was like still hot from the dishwasher or something like that. Yeah. And something happened and the stem shattered off of the end of the chalice part of it mm-hmm. and I was still in motion, like doing the thing. I didn't notice it had shattered off and I sliced my thumb open on it. And because of the amount of blood that was coming out of my thumb, I dropped the other part and I started holding onto my thumb and I was just like, Oh my God. And blood was already dripping. Like I was putting pressure on it and the blood was already dripping down and like, I would be too scared to look. I would just be like, "Oh, I was so freaked out!" And so I immediately I start looking business. around for the nearest sink. And the only sink that was really close by was um was like the kitchen sink. So I went over to the kitchen sink and I just like put my my hand like into it basically. And there was no water or uh. anything like that. It was just completely empty. And like there was just already a pool of my own blood in my other hand, oh, like a huge like pool. And I was like, "Oh my fucking god! I've never bled this much <laughs> in my life!" And like. Um I was start trying to turn on the sink but it's this stupid yeah. ass fucking sink that I th- it doesn't have any knobs or anything like that and you have to put your knee mm. on this pressure like <laughs> thing paddle on the underside of the sink it is. and I was so confused yeah literally and I was trying to like n- put my knee into it but it was sticky it was stuck for some reason and the water just wasn't running and then eventually someone came up to me and like helped me push it down and then I put my knee on it and I was just running cold water just running cold water and my manager came up and. And so did um, like Chef and so Chef was standing there and he was like, Oh, you're gonna be fine, you just need a band-aid. And I was like, Okay, yeah, okay. And like I guess I was freaking out and I was panicking a little bit, so I like wasn't really yeah. talking a lot. I was just staring at the mass amount of blood that was coming out of this tiny little it seemed tiny at the time, cut on my thumb, yeah. and the water was pouring over it and the blood was just cascading. Like it was yeah, just yeah. I'm pretty than... sure
0: water like makes it bleed faster.
1: It was cold water, but yeah, I mean possibly, yeah. So it was just cascading, just going down and down and down, and there was just so much blood. And he was like preparing yeah. a band-aid and then my manager comes comes over and he's just like oh shit oh shit okay don't worry guys stay calm
0: <laughs> everyone stay calm yeah. <laughs> Stay He's like, on. okay,
1: it's going to be okay, Lydia. He opened up the first aid thing. He's like, why the fuck isn't there any Band-Aids in here? <laughs> no Band-Aids. There was just like this one tiny blue Band-Aid. He was like, don't worry, Lydia. I'm first aid trained. You would know, like put pressure on it now. Like it's been running under the water for too long. Put pressure on it. I was like, okay, okay. And at this point I started like tearing up. It didn't hurt, but I was just freaking out. And I was like, yeah, I'm freaking out, guys. Again. I'm freaking out, guys. Like there's so much blood. <laughs> why won't it stop bleeding? I'm freaking out, guys. Like just telling them that I'm freaking out because I was like inner turmoil you know yeah (laughs) so he gives me a wet paper towel and I hold on to my thumb and now I can only really describe this as like as if I was like juicing my thumb because as I was holding it pressure the blood started pooling up in the top of my hand Ew. and it was overflowing onto my hand oh. as I was holding oh my onto my thumb. God. And there was a paper towel there, so like nothing was working. And eventually, my manager was just like, We're gonna have to take you to the hospital. It's not gonna be just a band aid. And Chef was just like, It's fine, a band aid is fine. And he was like, Look at how much. Mo- <laughs> He's
0: like, <"It's laughs> There's <fine."> blood all <laughs> over your kitchen floor, my dude. <laughs> chef
1: (laughs) and then he's like okay fine we'll take her to the hospital so so i'm holding on to my finger and then he's just like okay okay i'll put some gauze on it now i was like okay so instead of putting gauze on it he puts a band-aid on top of the cut like this tiny little band-aid and like a little bit of polysporin little blue blue band-aid and then he covers it in one layer of gauze and then puts two pieces of tape one on the top and one on the bottom and it bled through almost immediately and then he just goes into (laughs) panic mode and just starts wrapping my finger in gauze I'm like, aren't you first aid trained? And he was like, this is what they taught us at first aid. I was like,
0: okay, it's a little band-aid. So
1: he like, bandage, gauze, gauze, gauze. We use the entire fucking thing of gauze. <laughs> and then for some fucking reason, he like puts the piece of gauze across my hand and around and back to my thumb to make like some sort of weird I think tourniquet. He maybe
0: mixed up like <laughs> broken thumb yeah. and cut in thumb. Yeah, it was so. <laughs>
1: he was going for it man he was really going for it and then he was just like okay like that that should be good enough like hold on to it keep pressure and like we're going to go to the hospital and it was after service had ended so like everyone most of the um, server assistants were like in the kitchen and I was just like okay bye guys and they were just like what's going on and i just like walked out of the kitchen like still in shock and then um, i grabbed my shit and like i run outside with my manager and then he's just like okay 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 like let's go to the car he's like just hold pressure like don't mind my car it's like super messy <laughs> blah 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 i was like okay sure whatever so we get into the car and we start driving and it's just like the most beautiful day outside it was a sunday afternoon the sun was Lydia's shining having, like an
0: out-of-body experience oh my
1: god it was gorgeous <laughs> outside and he put the windows down and he had a sunroof so he opened up the sunroof wow. put the windows down and like the wind was just blowing in and the sun was shining and like uh, it was just such a beautiful <laughs> moment and then he was just like he was like i'm gonna have a smoke do you want a cigarette <laughs> and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's like manager
0: okay. is also having a traumatic yeah! day. Okay? he was like he's honestly like, let's I'm s- get the windows down <laughs> he was
1: like so happy to be out of there he was like it's such a beautiful day outside i want to go to the beach right now i was like me too i'm really glad to be out of there he was like same here <laughs> i was like you're welcome i'm glad i got injured well, I for that <laughs> i know it was really nice so um he's like I guess you have to smoke this cigarette like one-handed and he's like that's fine that's how people smoke cigarettes I was like yeah it's gonna be fine so I take it in my left hand which is the one that wasn't yeah. injured and since I was on the passenger side I was just like putting a bunch of ash and like smoke into his car and like I know he smokes but I still feel like that's disrespectful so I ended up swapping it over to my right hand which has like this giant ass tourniquet gauze on it no
0: no 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 <laughs> Lydia, no no yeah and
1: I'm like smoking it out of this one and eventually I like I don't want to get any more ash in the car and it was kind of like getting in my face and like I'm not a smoker so I was just like Ugh. you know it was smelling really bad <laughs> so I put my hand out of the window and we're like driving and like this it was just such a beautiful moment and I just like I just think I'm going to remember forever just like this tourniquet the shitty ass tourniquet thumb <laughs> and then just like a cigarette between these two fingers outside of this window Aww. on this beautiful sunny day like Sunday afternoon driving to the hospital <laughs> <laughs> beautiful yeah. beautiful sunday drive. And it was it was honestly like it was honestly kind of nice i was like wow this is sick and then yeah i get to the hospital i wait a little bit and then i get through like triage and stuff like that and then finally i got in there and the guy was just like the doctor sorry he was like okay we're gonna need stitches and i was like no i don't think i need stitches can't you just glue it and he was just like no i'm gonna put stitches like i'm the medical professional like trust me you need stitches otherwise the glue is just gonna come apart i was like okay fine so he puts in this numbing thing and like honestly Mm. the places where the numbing agents or whatever like went into my thumb still hurt more than the cut itself yeah like it really did a number and like I was massaging my thumb like while this was happening to get like the numbing agent up into like the area where it was cut um and then he comes back in and he's just like okay like um let's see if you're like fully numbed out and i was like okay cool so i give him my thumb and he's just like can you feel this can you feel this and i wasn't looking cuz i was like oh, gross yeah and i wasn't looking either
0: yeah,
1: yeah and i was like so. no no i don't feel anything and he was like oh that's good because i was just jamming this needle directly into the cut <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" And I turned back That's around. That's how they check. Yeah, think yeah, like I It guess should so. be like
0: a little tap, tap first, no, not just like jamming it in. And, <laughs> and I turned back around
1: and I look at it, and it started <gasps> bleeding again because he was jamming the needle into the cut. Oh Are <laughs> like,
0: you sure? Oh, he's a not. medical professional.
1: <laughs> Wait till you hear this. And then, and then, um, he's like, he's like, "Okay, so you're ready for the stitches." And I was like, oh, "Okay," I was like, "This is my first time getting stitches." And he was like, "Oh, congratulations! This is my first time giving stitches." And I was like what? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. I've been in the medical I- field for 22 years. <laughs> I just like to fuck around with my patients. He's like, me and my doctor friends like go out for drinks. And I like, talk about how we mess with people throughout the day. <laughs> I was like, oh my fucking god! I'm just another fucking joke. Yeah, yeah. Love doctors. His nonchalantness about it kind of made me a little more nonchalant too, because like it could have been a lot worse. Like it could have been a lot worse, you know. So I'm blessed. (laughs) But yeah, it was a good time. And then I went home, and yeah, it was still like bleeding a little bit. Weirdly enough, only in the place that he jammed the needle in. (laughs) So like it was only it was already clotted (laughs) enough. So for two days, there was just like blood coming out of this one spot. Oh my God, it's better now.
0: Oh <laughs> but like God. the guy
1: was just playing with my thumb. He was like, "This the isn't th- serious. I'm just gonna have a little fun with this.
0: I'm just gonna jab the cut. <laughs> Yeah,
1: and as I was leaving, cut enough. <clears throat> yeah. he gave me um, a pair, like two pairs of medical scissors, and he was just like, you can either come back here and wait for three hours again to get the stitches taken out, or you could just get a friend to do it. I was like... Okay. So he gave I was like, I'll just get a friend to do it. So he gave me scissors and I have like medical scissors sitting with me. Like he gifted me these scissors and he told me quickly how to do it. Like there's this thing you're supposed to hold on to and then you cut the loop and then you pull. But I don't fucking remember which is which, so I need to look up a YouTube video. So I will be getting my stitches removed by my roommate via YouTube video. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That's where we're at, you guys. (laughs) And I've had five days off. I'm feeling good, feeling refreshed.
0: This sounds like a week. It, was it sounds a week. like a week, and it just keeps going. I know it just doesn't end. I know. I'm a little afraid for your roommate. Um, I'm a little worried. That's a lot too. of pressure. She's so <laughs>
1: excited. The other day, um, I because I because uh, like the next phase in the healing is to just like let it be in air and like just not like let it be dry and like let it scab over and like get better um so I was standing like outside the bathroom and we were just talking and she she looked at my thumb and she like held it up to her face and she's like you and me baby soon it'll be you and me
0: <laughs> to the stitches like she's sick oh my she's sick bro <laughs> sounds like your roommate and this doctor need to uh compare notes I know, right? <laughs> like
1: I oh, don't it was so I'm oh like, all right bro it's so fucking. <laughs> She likes gross things, though, weirdly enough. Clearly. Yeah. I was, like, telling her about how sometimes when I, like, stretch out my thumb too much, I can feel the stitches, like, uh, kind of pulling at my skin. And she was like, ew, tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So
0: she might be the perfect person. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Not squeamish,
1: apparently, when it comes (laughs) to other people's injuries. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yeah, it was a good time. Sorry that
0: happened. You handle yeah, it well. Yeah,
1: it's okay. Thank you. Thank you. I think I'm handling it pretty well, too. Because, it, yeah, it's totally fine. It doesn't really hurt that badly, like, obviously at all anymore. And, like, it's just kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: it's a good story. Yeah. That's
1: yeah, funny. it is. It is. And I have stitches. Oh. For the first time in my life. A lot of Yay. people have gotten stitches. My mom told me, like, three stories about her getting stitches. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I know, right? People just out here getting stitches, man. It's crazy. I've never like, comment, and subscribe if you've ever had stitches. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah. on that note, you guys, okay. while I was in the car with my manager, he was All telling right. me about how he's going to start taking part in this, um, like, study, medical study for I'm already re- worried. recreational drugs or whatever being used oh, in medical
0: field. Cool. So, yeah, so this kind Is of- Is this peaked- like psychedelics?
1: Yes. So that piqued my interest, and I was just like, ooh, interesting. And I went into this yes. um, topic thinking, like, I'm just going to cover all of them. And the first one I looked up was LSD, and I just ended up looking up LSD for the entire time. There's it's so much in there, right? So interesting. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Yay. So excited.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm fucking hyped too, man. Just, uh, it's so cool. It. Okay. So, um, Yeah. I mean, it's coming up in this generation. It's been 35 years since um, LSD has been banned everywhere for any use, no matter what, even medical. So it's made it really, really difficult for medical professionals to try to use it for its beneficial uses, which is kind of what it was being used for before it got banned. And it has a really interesting past. So I'm going to take you through a lot of history about LSD (laughs) because it was so freaking interesting. (laughs) So it was discovered by a Swiss chemist in 1938 when he was trying to create a derivative of a fungus, which would help. The idea of this derivative was to help ease postpartum hemorrhage, which is when after giving birth, a person bleeds a lot for a few weeks after. And this affects uh, one to five in 100 women. I just said five in 100 women because like one to five in 100 one women five. is <laughs> such a shitty. <laughs> st- At least five. <laughs> like sometimes one. Like just make up your sometimes mind. Just like <laughs> <least laughs> say like size. one in 50 or something. <laughs> one to five women, and I think yeah. Um, so while examining um this derivative, he accidentally ingested a small dose through his finger, and that's how he discovered
0: his, he its power. Put himself on a wine glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was like oops accidentally did
1: it and he said that he did it he like took a little bit and he said he perceived an uninterruptive uninterrupted stream of fantastic pictures extraordinary mm-hmm. shapes with intense kaleidoscope play of colors which sounds really fantastic and Just a fun time yeah. yeah yeah and three days later he ingested 250 micrograms <laughs> Um, which the recommended in modern time for dosage oh is God. 100 to 200 micrograms. So he did a little bit above. He just went zero to 100, bro. He
0: was just like that was fun. Oh, really? He was like that was but fun. I let's do it again. No, 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 no. <laughs> he was like I have no idea if there's lasting effects from that. No idea what yeah, it was. And he was just like scientists
1: used to be fucking crazy. They would experiment right? on themselves all the fucking time. They, sh- I think they
0: should. You know what? I feel like if you're not willing to experiment on yourself, you shouldn't experiment on other people. I think that should be a requirement for being a scientist. I like that. Okay, so this guy, very
1: logical, made a lot of sense. Morals in the right place. Um, so, (laughs) So he did the 250 micrograms and he started riding home on his bike. And something interesting about why he was biking is that because of the World War II restrictions, automobile travel was... Not allowed. So he had to bike home. Um, While he was biking, the LSD started to kick in and he started to hallucinate. And he had a bad trip. Like, he did not enjoy his time, I guess, because of I the stress imagine. of biking and, like, just being in the, the middle of the 250 milligrams, 250 that he milligrams took. as well. Um, he said he yeah. saw demons. He said that furniture, when he finally got to his house, furniture was, like, transforming into demons. And eventually, I'm so he. I impressed that
0: he got to his house. I know, because I guess How it started did he, kicking in. He just in. kept biking through it.
1: He's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. He was I biking through that. it. And then once he got home, he probably hit the peak because, like, there's a couple different stages. Mm. And so he must have hit the peak when he was home. And, like, it was just, it was just too much. <laughs> so eventually, He felt like he was possessed too, and he was really scared. And that day was April 19th, 1943. And this day is known as Bicycle Day and the first intentional LSD trip. It's like a little holiday among people who indulge in LSD. Yeah, it's like 420.
0: Yeah, Bicycle Day. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And you know what? I also think this isn't in the records or anything, but I think that it's called tripping on LSD or an LSD trip because he was taking a trip. Like he was on his Ooh. bike taking a trip to... He had a bad trip.
0: Yeah. He had a bad bike yeah. trip. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I cool. think that that has kind of carried forwards, I think. Cool. That's my theory. Um. So like this it. man, um, his last name is Hoffman. I apologize. I didn't write down his first name. But Hoffman continued to take small doses of LSD throughout his entire life. Um, and he always hoped to find a use for it like for him it was a hallucinogenic and he just like enjoyed taking it and he was like I'm gonna eventually find a use for that in his memoir he emphasized that it is a sacred drug and he says that in quotations I see the true importance of LSD in the possibility of providing material aid to meditation aimed at the mystical experience of a deeper comprehensive reality LSD changed his life. He said, again, in quotes, it gave me an inner joy, an open-mindedness, a gratefulness, open eyes, and an internal sensitivity for the miracles of creation. It is just a tool to turn us into what we are supposed to be. Just a moment of silence for how beautiful that is. Yeah. 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 And honestly, good for him for, like, continuing after having a bad trip, too. He was probably like, okay, that was too much
0: (laughs) He's like, that was a lot. Now I know. Let's, let's try <laughs> to, to take get a, a little less. But, but first time was know fun. that
1: you can have a good trip after having a bad mm-hmm. trip too. Mm-hmm. You just have to probably take less is probably the lesson <laughs> we've learned from it. Because it sounds like he was microdosing every day or like every weekend or something like that. Like it was just a part of his life. And then eventually in the 1960s, it was prohibited because it was causing people. There was a couple reasons. One of the reasons is that it was causing people to freak out because they would take 500 micrograms, which is 300 micrograms over the maximum that you should be taking and so Mm. uh, because of the like hold that the public got on it it made it difficult for medical professionals to study Um, even in a controlled environment um, people were just starting to be really distrustful of LSD at all and one bad story of one bad trip would be exacerbated by the media and then that Mm. would be the only side of it that people would see and then it would eventually have to be banned because of these because of these situations is um yeah.
0: this i don't know if this is something you're going to cover but is this part of like the war on drugs
1: i'm not going to cover that no but um oh, okay. i am going to cover the war <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay well different war but Cause yeah. i think that um it was like a regan thing that he um launched mm. this like war on drugs and shut down all of the like clinical tri- trials that was happening on psychedelics i don't think it's limited oh. to lsd but it was like lsd um yeah. All of these things. There was a lot of clinical trials going on. And then Reagan pretty much shut them all down. I'm pretty sure it was Reagan. Mm-hmm. And now there's like a resurgence of them. But that was like, you, know, you had an opinion on this, the... uh The The, like drug don't do drugs campaign or the dare the dare yeah yeah, yeah. it was it was part of that whole thing that like scared an oh to scare
1: people into not doing drugs and stuff like that yeah that's true because we were taught really like horrible things about LSD like how it would change you forever blah 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 you would literally die yeah never
0: be the same yeah 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 yeah, I believe it once and you're addicted well he
1: probably had to because like people were were abusing it a little bit to be honest Mm. in in the LSD. Terms. Like I can't really speak on like crack or like (laughs) cleric. Because crack was one of the ones that they hated, right? And I'm pretty sure the war on drugs too was also like racially motivated. I think I watched a documentary Mm -hmm. on that as well. Yeah. That like he was banning weed and then just mostly targeting black people for Mm -hmm. doing weed. Or like doing weed. I sound like such a possession. Smoking weed. Possession. Yeah. People can't see my I'm doing air quotes. She's doing air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but LSD, I think it was Uh, Yeah, I'm sure it was a part of the war on drugs. I think you're probably right. Mm. Agree. Um, And after 35 (laughs) years, so Reagan shut it down, right? He was just like, stop it it all. And it wasn't allowed in any form whatsoever, even in the medical field. He just had to get rid of it and get it off the streets. You know, the youth was being affected. So after 35 years of no use, it was finally allowed (laughs) to be used in medical professionals recently on a terminally ill cancer patient. And this is kind of a lot of how it's being used for mental health purposes. Um, So we will get back to that in a hot second. But um, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to note quickly that Hoffman, the Swiss guy who discovered LSD, died at 102 years old. (gasps) Yeah. LSD might be the secret to longevity. (laughs) 102, bro. 102. What year was it? That he died? Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. Or what, like... Early 2000s, like 2008, I think.
0: Oh, oh. Right? Wow. Maybe. That was so much more recently than Well a hundred years would was a have long expected. time. Yeah, that's true, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that did be true. Well Hoffman
1: died. He I don't know. Philmore si- Philip like- Seymour Hoffman? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He died Yeah, I was right. He died in two thousand eight. Did I say two thousand eight? I don't know. But you was, did.
0: Yes. Okay. I was gonna say people didn't live as long then, but that's not true.
1: Right? is that insane? Um, That's crazy. So um, let's see how the studies <laughs> were going in okay. the beginning. Previously, LSD was being used in the 1940s by psychiatrists, and they were interested in using it as a therapeutic agent. And it was mm-hmm. actually marketed under a different name, uh, Delist,
0: in the 1950s. <laughs>
1: D-E-L-Y-S-I-D. Delicid. Delicid. I, cannot,
0: I don't have the ability to like picture words. I understand. I understand. I'm gonna go with you on this one. So
1: it's okay. I'm not gonna bring it up again. That's just a fun fact. So okay. so um it was being used in a lot of different ways. Firstly, like a lot of people could get their hands on it, right? So it was being used as a, as a therapeutic agent on one side of things. It was also being used by the U.S. Army and the CIA. And they were experimenting with LSD oh, as a truth serum. Um, and of also course. maybe warning, this kid it might get a little bit dark. So the project <laughs> was called MK Ultra, And it was given okay. the code name um, MK Ultra, and it was to like this central intelligence agency program and it began in the 1950s and it lasted for like 10 years ish up until like 1962 and it was sometimes known as a part of the cia's mind control program in quotations and during the cold war the cia was conducting secret experiments with lsd and other drugs for mind control information gathering and other purposes and i read this giant ass article about this and i'm not going to cover all of it but basically they were putting people on LSD and then torturing them to try to get information out of them. And it was just absolutely terrible, like, the things that they were doing. Because LSD is supposed to be this, like, beautiful experience, as Hoffman was describing. And these people were like, oh, well, if you're in a vulnerable state, then you'll be able to give information and stuff like that. But they would unknowingly drug people and then torture them. And people would have, like, lifelong effects from the trauma that they would go through because of like these interrogations and a lot of it was on a
0: million yeah
1: yeah because you had no idea that you were on drugs some people didn't find out that they were um dosed with lsd until years later and that kind of explained to them eventually like why the torture was so intense or why the questioning was so intense or why they were just like (laughs) not okay yeah it was fucked up they're like
0: the u.s government can summon the devil (laughs) (laughs) oh god just believe that for you (laughs) oh god (laughs) that's horrible (laughs) i would have fucking Absolutely yeah terrible. i would have freaked oh out God. bro so same ah fuck. just give me lsd don't torture me that no like what's that would be enough for me
1: so bad <laughs> so fucking bad um so the long-term effects of LSD have been studied, and some of the worst things that could happen um, would be called the bad trip, or as mm. uh, they called it in the therapeutic sense, a challenging experience. And the prolonged effects <laughs> of you. LSD, yes. yeah, the prolonged effects of it could have to do with a patient's predisposition to epilepsy mm. or paranoid personality oh. traits. So mm. they recommend starting low starting on a low doses and Mm. really going through a lot of like psychiatrical evaluation and just like if you're not just don't take it (laughs) you know it's okay like you don't need to Mm. you know and something nice about lsd is that it has no come down unlike other drugs or alcohol and your Mm. emotional state after taking lsd and after the trip ends is recovered relatively quickly which is cool And recent studies have also established a clear link between the lifetime use of classical hallucinogenics and a lower probability of developing mental problems. Cool.
0: Boom, (laughs) roasted.
1: Yes. That was a lot of big words. I hope you guys could keep (laughs) on. No, Um, that's, yeah, yeah, pretty fucking cool, eh? Like, Mm -hmm. it's actually insane. It's actually insane. And like, people just use it for evil and then ban it and then
0: it yeah so and it's it's kind of crazy because like i still feel the effects of the war against drugs and like the dare programs and stuff like that because like in my head as you're saying these things like it's hard for me to still wrap my head around the fact that like it just came from fungus and it's just like a nice natural experience and there's no effects like my brain wants to be like that's not true oh because it was like interesting freaking nailed into us as kids yeah like this is dangerous this is bad this is the worst thing you could ever do
1: i totally agree i've That's been afraid so of nice trying thing. lsd and even after figuring out this or like fungus. doing all of this research yeah it was it's just a derivative like it is created in a lab but it's a derivative yeah, from yeah, yeah. a fungus like that was the original form of it and they just like took off a molecule mm-hmm. or whatever um Yeah, but I'm still I still probably won't try it like even after (laughs) even after all of this like and there's such a high probability of having like a mind opening experience and like a spiritual experience and stuff like that Mm. and like doing it properly in the right setting in the right like mood and stuff like that. It could be a totally okay experience, but I'm still. Terrified. Thank you, Dare. Same. <laughs> right? <laughs> they, they did a good job. They did. Yet, In the 1950s to 70s, mm-hmm. LSD was actually used in the treatment of anxiety, depression, and psychosomatic mm-hmm. diseases. And they tried it on alcohol addiction as well. Um, they've also studied the importance of a proper set, which is your thought, mood, expectations prior to doing LSD and doing the treatment. And they uh, looked at the importance of your setting. So the physical and interpersonal environment. So they would have a therapist with you, giving you constant attention the entire time you're tripping. Or sometimes people would get music stimulus. Uh, They Mm -hmm. had, in quotes, comfortable or tasteful furniture and also uh, (laughs) flowers or pictures. So good environment while the person undergoes treatment, like just something very comfortable is really important. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I kind of thought that was really interesting because like we talk about this today, like with some of my friends who have done LSD or like other Mm -hmm. drugs. I actually don't know anyone who's done LSD. Fun fact. Um, (laughs) Like we always talk about how important it is, like for mushrooms, for example, to be in like a good Mm -hmm. mindset before you start doing mushrooms. So it's cool that this is actually studied and this is actually something that medical professionals recommend. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was used and proved most effective in psychedelic treatment defined as 12 to 14 hours after one had like a high dose of LSD, 200 to 500 micrograms. And during that 12 to 14 hours afterwards, um, someone would provide constant attention and constant like therapy and also helping people go through like the peak or the transcendental experience and just to like have Mm. someone there. And this in modern times is called a trip (laughs) sitter. we still do this shit yeah so it's so cool that like we're still following the rules of the drug and of the way that it was designed to help people it's cool Mm -hmm. um quick note on alcohol addiction it was not notable Mm -hmm. differences in helping people with alcohol addiction and it was similar to other forms like there's this um disulfurin which you can can take as an alcohol treatment and it basically Mm -hmm. just it's a pill you have to take every day and when you drink alcohol it gives you really negative side effects um so it kind of yeah like you'll throw up almost immediately you'll feel sick you'll have a headache blah 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 to make people associate alcohol with feeling bad um so Mm -hmm. lsd didn't do any better or worse and because it didn't do any worse or better they said that it could be used as an alternative to these Mm -hmm. other treatments which is taking lsd so it can be counted in a group with these other treatments but not better or worse so okay yeah you you know they did it yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um and for um like psychosomatic illnesses and depression and anxiety lsd treatments um groups showed better results in terms of general health at 6 and 12 months so people were feeling better after one trip Mm -hmm. of lsd for like an entire year afterwards fantastic insane stuff (laughs) so (laughs) oh yeah a couple of stories about it getting banned. Um, the first one was in the 60s. This guy, Ken Casey, volunteered to take part in the MK Ultra project for the CIA. He uh, was a student at Stanford Uni- University. And after taking part in the project, he went on to promote the use of LSD because he liked it so much. And he <laughs> created a group called Casey and the Mary Pranksters. And they hosted a series of LSD parties in San Francisco where they would go to a Grateful Dead concert and they would do acid tests and like experiment with the drug and experiment on the psychedelic effects of fluorescent paint and like cool lighting and fun music (laughs) at Grateful Dead concerts. Amazing. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then these two professors these two psychology professors at harvard university timothy leary and richard alpert administered lsd and psychedelic mushrooms to harvard students to volunteer students and they were documenting the effects <laughs> and they i know i know and this was in the early 1960s they were documenting the effects of the drug and on the student's con- consciousness but the scientific community criticized the legitimacy of the studies because Leary and Alpert were also tripping while conducting the experiments.
0: They are like, we're just going to have a big party and call it science. Yeah, exactly.
1: So they eventually were dismissed from Harvard. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But they went on to become symbols of the hippie counterculture. And um, yeah, interesting stuff. So, in um, the war times, in bad times, okay, experiments <laughs> were being done by yeah. this doctor. Nineteen fifty-nine, or no, this wasn't war time. This was no, this was war. There was a different war. There was a lot of wars. So, Doctor <laughs> Van Murray Sim, the founder of <laughs> the founder of Edgewood Arsenal's program, um, he was kind of a sketchy dude. In all honesty. And he would do these kinds of experiments on himself um, and he would, like, take these deadly, like, poisons to see what it would do to his body and he survived yeah. most of it. And he was wow. also on a team that was looking to find a truth serum for, like, the army. So there was this thing yeah. called, like, a red oil, which is, like, a synthetic marijuana and... Um, they, he would, like, practice it on himself and he would, like, take drugs, like, on a daily, which were banned. And he was just like, it just makes me feel better. <laughs> like, it just makes me feel lighter. Like, he, just, he was just an insane kind of dude. And he was okay. interested in researching psychochemical okay. warfare, um, which Hello? is a search for mentally incapacitating chemicals to replace guns and grenades on the battlefield. scary stuff um so i don't
0: understand the logistics of that but okay (laughs) everyone's just tripping too high to like (laughs) how do they give everyone the drugs and then everyone's just like freaking out and like I don't know, like ripping out their own hair or something. Like I guess I so.
1: I guess so. Like everyone's just in their own kind of thing, or everyone's just like lying down on the grass, tripping together, and they're like, "Look at the stars, dude. Why fight?" <laughs> so he was running LSD experiments, though. and I think, to be honest, I think his ideas were a little bit more sinister in the beginning. Um, so the special code name that this project received was Material Testing Program EA one seven two nine, and. <laughs> experiments um they were quite mean and honestly they did not prepare people for the drug whatsoever like they didn't give them the proper setting or the proper set so a lot of the soldiers the volunteer soldiers who they were experimenting on ended up having really bad trips so in one testing event sim wanted to see how soldiers would do if they didn't know they were taking lsd so if the enemy were to somehow get a hold of LSD um, and then inject it into somebody or like give it to somebody without them knowing. He wanted to see how it would affect people. So he drugged a bunch of soldiers (laughs) Um, and um, this is how he did it. So he invited a bunch of volunteer soldiers to be a part of this testing thing. And after a day of medical and psychological evaluations and tests, they were invited to unwind at a cocktail party. And at the, suddenly, one of the officers started making a disturbance. He went berserk, in quotation marks, and the person who is reporting on this said that he was started to feel isolated and paranoid, and he felt threatened. And he found out later that the drinks, him and the others, the cocktails, had been laced with LSD, and he only learned that years later. And Uh-oh. I know, I know. So bad. So bad. Like, this was the fucking army. Like, this was a project that they were doing. And now people use LSD as, like, like, people slip people LSD. This is not an uncommon situation. And it was discovered in the fucking army. Are you kidding me? So people were telling Sim to stop doing the experiments. Um, because... <laughs> LSD coupled with the stress of a real interrogation could cause Mm -hmm. quotations chemically induced psychosis in a chronic form so bad trip forever so the intelligence Mm -hmm. command agreed for some reason to continue the interrogations but the conditions were that it was carefully controlled and the subjects were not American so they go to Europe baby
0: (laughs) Wait, I don't know how that fixes the problem. It doesn't. <laughs> it's fine. They're not American. does not worry doesn't, about the psychosis. Was so
1: notorious, like he could get around a lot of different rules, and like it seems like he had a lot of push and pull in like the army and in just in general in his life, and he was just really believing in this mission to create a truth serum or whatever to like psychologically torment people and to have psychological psychosomosis warfare or whatever the fucking word was, like. He was like, I believe in this cause. But he was also unhinged. Like he was (laughs) clearly, clearly unhinged. So in 1961, they go to Europe. Their mission, Operation Third Chance, was to dose (laughs) unwitting people with LSD and then measure the results. And this is how that would happen. They would, a group of uh, the like men, the soldiers and the doctors and the people who were measuring the results would seek out like a safe house. And then once okay. one of the European subjects of the study arrived, the agents would initiate casual banter in the living room.
0: Did they know they were part of a study?
1: The person didn't know. Um, the pe- Anything? Were they like, yeah. hey,
0: come to our house? Yeah. And the person yeah. was like, okay. Yeah.
1: They were like, let's be friends. Like, oh, we're from no. across, we're from overseas. Like, come hang out with us. Like, we're cool. We're cool. We're like, you know, like, they just had no idea. Um, okay. So they put powdered LSD on the inside of the glass that they would give to the guest. And then the it was like totally unseeable. It was just a dry residue. And once the test subject was made comfortable, a member of the special purpose team would offer everyone refreshments. And the member who was offering refreshments would make a show out of pouring everyone a drink from the same bottle so that the person felt safe and that the bottle wasn't dosed. But the cup was already dosed. So um, once the drug took effect, they kind of started to notice and study and realize like how people were affected by it. So after about like 20 minutes or when the person started acting kind of weird, um, they would employ a verbal gambit to direct the test subject out of the room and into a room with a polygraph test. (laughs) And as the peak would happen the interrogators techniques would get more and more harsh and their intention was to cause maximum anxiety and fear and uh one of the one of the people who were there noted that they would use verbal degradation and bodily discomfort and threats against the subject's life and in two cases um The team said to the subjects that their mental condition would be permanent unless they cooperated, and the questioning. I know, isn't it (laughs) so fucked up? The questioning would last for like eight hours, like nine hours, like as long as the drug was effective. um, Sometimes even more. These people didn't even
0: do anything wrong. No,
1: they were just like they're just unwitting for like subjects. And they would just ask oh. them about, like, the war and, like, about what was happening and if they had any intelligence. And sometimes people genuinely didn't have information, but they would continue to question them because they were still studying how LSD was being used. Oh <sighs> so even if they had no information, they would still continue to question them and, like, just, like, threaten them and scare them to because it was a part of this larger LSD experiment. <sighs> yeah. So this one guy, Clovis, who was, like, a pioneer on the team i guess he was one of the original dudes he was the one who had like the greatest reservation about how it was used he was frustrated about it because it was not really meaningful science that was being gained from these interrogations no and shit. yeah and they weren't able to isolate the effect of the drug and he said that the chaos was impossible and the program was su- su- suspended excuse me in 1963 um and because of the mixture of LSD caused mixed with torture, uh, there was lifelong effects of paranoia, anxiety, loss of self, loss of trust in yourself, others, like all of society. And um, in
0: my opinion, yeah, I feel like that has nothing to do with the LSD. I feel like that just has to do with the being tricked into an interrogation, being threatened yeah. for your life that you have this information mm. that you know nothing about. Like, if someone took me into a room and was like, I'm going to kill you unless you tell me something about the war, I would probably also have blasting. Yeah, psychological 100%. trauma without 100%. the LSD. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, oh, God, it's so fucked up. <laughs> and just,
1: just, just to use, like, this drug in such an evil way is just so fucked up. And I think mm. that, this is one of the main underlying reasons why it was why it was banned. I'm not 100% sure, though, but I'm hoping maybe that Reagan, I don't know a lot about this guy, but maybe he, he was like, these experiments I'm like, need to stop.
0: Not the vibes I'm getting. I like the U.S. military can get away with everything. hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, like, today, still today, they do a lot of, like, sketchy shit and a lot of yeah, they, yeah, they questionable stuff, inhumane yeah, stuff, and they can kind of do whatever they want. I'm pretty sure, like, the president doesn't even really have that much control over the military. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. So uh, I
1: guess I was just really going into it with, like, a more positive <laughs> mind frame because I didn't want to... I could be wrong. I didn't want to blame, like, completely because what everyone is saying in the media is that the... Um, lsd was banned because of the countercultural use by like the hippie wave in the 60s and i i maybe this is like too positive of a mindset to have but i like to think that maybe like these experiments maybe someone in the government was like whispering in reagan's ear and was like you need to stop the lsd tests because they were like lsd positive or something like that like they liked it and they thought it Mm -hmm. was a good drug and they knew what was happening was completely like inhumane and fucked up so Maybe there was someone on the inside who was trying to persuade him in a certain direction, uh, yeah. not to just to ban LSD outright so that it wasn't used for torture. So that it was, it was taken out of the hands of people who were using it for evil. Um, and I just don't want to blame it on like the countercultural society, because that seems like a little like it seems so fucking annoying that people were just using it like for fun. And then they were just like, you're having too much fun. You're, it's banned. I
0: would prefer, which I don't know if it's true, but I would prefer... That's why everyone's mad about it.
1: Yeah, I would prefer that it was banned because it was being illegally and immorally used in the military.
0: But I'm pretty sure if you ban stuff, the U.S. military can still have access to it. Fuck, bro. Like, I'm pretty sure they can do whatever... Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think... I'm sure they have access to a lot of illegal things. Yeah. And I think that's what the whole, like, anger is about. Is that this, like, really... Not in the hands of the military. In the hands of good people, mm-hmm. this drug could have really positive effects. You know, mm-hmm. people, instead of being medicated their entire lives for anxiety or PTSD, they can have one hit and be better for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, taken out of the hands of those people because of, like, political tensions, basically, between, like, the left and the right and yeah. liberal thinkers and whatever. Yeah. I think that's, like, the whole contention around it. But I get, I get the... The desire. Wanting to believe yeah. it was. <laughs>
1: yeah. I just really Not motivated it. by that. Yeah, I just want there to be more good in the world, I think. <laughs> we can pretend that. We, we can, can pretend. Because, you know, we can pretend. We'll
0: never know. It could
1: be. Yeah. It could be. It could, it could be. be. And yeah, I think that I fucking... I'm really excited that it's starting to like kind of get put into the hands of good people again. Like after 35-ish years, maybe 40 at this point, um, like mm-hmm. people are being able to use it in like experiments and trying to figure out how it can be used for good and just continuing the experiments that had already started in the 50s and in the 60s like for therapeutic use and for use like you were saying for like PTSD and anxiety and depression and stuff like that. So, I guess the question I will leave you all and ourselves with is like how can we legalize LSD without while keeping it out of the hands of evil people. Which maybe is a, is a moot point at this point, because the evil people might already have LSD in their hands and might already yeah, be like, using Yeah, like, I don't it. think
0: the legalizing affects them, unfortunately. Yeah, they're above the law, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think making things illegal keeps people with bad intentions off of them. Like, I feel like people with good intentions are the most likely people to follow the law yeah does that make sense yeah yeah that's true <laughs>
1: they're like no the law says yeah
0: that's a good point but, i think man. regulating it is the best way to do it not mm-hmm. to make it illegal but to uh, like have more regulation sometimes legalizing things gives you more control over how it's used mm-hmm. and i think we saw that like in canada when they legalized weed yeah you're yeah, able to have more control and people are able to use it safely now you know we can make sure it's not laced and get it from licensed retailers yeah. and the government can control and regulate it yeah so that's a good route that we can take. Is the option. Yeah. Special permits for it. Like. Make it illegal yeah. to psychologically torture. make it illegal to torture people. Just leave it up Maybe that. start there. <laughs> yeah. Leave the drugs out of it. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Just make it illegal to torture people, period. Yeah, that's a great idea.
1: Oh man. So fucked up. Oh god. I can't even imagine like being tortured while tripping, while on un- unknowingly tripping. Like it just it just really like it freezes my heart like that. I just feel yeah. like it just really hurts. Like, t- And <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, yes. And that is the topic today. And if you guys are interested in reading more about it, I highly recommend um, checking out The New Yorker. They wrote a really long article about it. Um, and only a couple of the stories were taken from there. Mostly about the CIA was like <laughs> their entire interest. <laughs> it was so yeah. interesting and also really sad and like, really just fucked up like the amount of different ways that they would torture people like for example this one man they had him on like a continuous lsd trip for 90 days while they were like interrogating him and torturing him and stuff like that and he is not okay he he died three years later later. yeah
0: Hmm. three years later yeah
1: he was fucked up Yeah, not the right way to use it yeah (laughs) Mm -mm. i know right rest in peace You deserve better, buddy.
0: All right. So that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in this week and listening to Leah's little chat about drugs, about LSD, and about how drugs are to be used for good and not evil. Yeah drugs are good (laughs) and people ruin things that's a good takeaway the few ruin things for everyone so that that sucks and fuck the US military yeah fuck the US military all the way (laughs) you guys are the worst sorry and if you want to let us know what you think (laughs) You can head over to our Instagram, which is very people. You can find us on Twitter, beunimportantPPL. You can email us at here at gmail.com. That's H-8-R-S. click here at gmail.com. Uh, we're on TikTok. Come find us on TikTok. And we're also on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon if you want, but you'll have to go to our Instagram first. So go to our Instagram. Yeah. Click the, go to the bio, go to our profile, go to the bio, click the link tree. <laughs> Patreon, you're there. <laughs> yeah. And that's it for us this week. Have a great.